Am I on? I didn't get it on last time, last couple weeks ago. I think it's on, isn't it? I think I hear me. Question is, do y'all hear me? Good. Everybody glad to be back? We've been out for a week. I know, hopefully it was uh, good to be home and have a change of pace for a while, even though it was some of you uh, lost your power for however long you lost it for. Sometimes uh, those things happen and we kind of realize some things about life, don't we? When things get changed up on us. So uh, uh, Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2 this morning before, we, before I get going. I don't have really any real long funny stories to tell you this morning. Uh, maybe next week. <laughs> I, was, I was finishing up my schoolwork, kind of busy, this last week. Just so you know, just uh, a lot of people get confused about how this is going on. Why? Why am I just now graduating? Right? I've been I've been preaching probably eleven or twelve years now, and uh, a lot of people don't understand that the Lord will do, do whatever He wants to do with people. You know, and uh, you don't you don't have to have what the world says you got to have to do what He's called you to do. You know? Now, even even a guy like me, he can make a bad sermon sound good to somebody, right? But I actually started my school in way back in 2006 at Cincinnati and then got this sidetracked with doing some other ministries and church work and stuff and just never had a time to go back. And a couple years ago, I had an opportunity to go back to Johnson, and that's what I did. So that's over with as far as that's concerned. We'll see what happens in the future, what the Lord allows us to have. So thank you all for your encouragement and the, the good words you had over the weekend for me. It was good. My son, my son was... Uh, able to come down there. My son graduated college four years ago. <laughs> That's kind of, he's 27 years old. He went to college, graduated, got him a good job, works for, for the mayor of Indianapolis now, Indiana. So he, he was proud to be there, and my dad was there, and that was good. And it was just a good, good day for the whole family, and I appreciate y'all uh, being a part of that, my church family now. So I'm going to get on and uh, talk about uh, Christmas again this week, as we will next week. Next week's going to be the final uh, of the Christmas series. It's going to be the Sunday before Christmas, obviously. And then we're going to have our Christmas Eve service Monday night. Don't forget about that. I don't remember if uh, Frank said anything about that, but don't forget about that. It's when church family comes together for Christmas Eve, and then we're going to have a, just a short service together and sing some Christmas hymns together and probably share in communion together and uh, have some prayer. And then uh, we'll go home and celebrate Christmas with our family. Uh, I hear a lot uh, about Christmas every year. Uh, from people, just people I know, people I meet, and, and you don't even have to know them. You can be out in the public and hear people talk about Christmas, you know. And a lot of times people talk about the Christmas spirit or the spirit of Christmas, right? It's a common thing that's talked about uh, a lot of times. And I, and I, I got to wondering, what, it, what, it mostly, what do people mean when they say that? You know, what if we say, and I think some of us, maybe all of us have said that from time to time, talk about the spirit of Christmas or the Christmas spirit. The joy, the joy that we feel, it's just a different feeling around Christmas time. And we, we got to call it something, right? So we call it that. And the question is, really, what is that? And I have uh, thought about it and looked up some scripture and come to some conclusions that I want to share with you. And some of the questions that come with that question is, is it the same for everybody, whatever this is, right? Or can it be different? For each individual. Is it something that's different for me as it is for you and your family? Is it different for me every year? Or is it the same thing? 
right? And then the question becomes, why is it such a mystery? Why can't it, why don't, maybe I'm the only one confused about everybody. You probably all are sitting around, it's like, duh. <laughs> we know what it is, why don't you know what it is? So here's some things that I, I want to say to you about uh, the Christmas spirit and the different types of understandings there are in the world. Just the best of my knowledge. All right? This is not concrete facts. This is what I've come to the conclusion. So there's four different types of understanding. There's people that uh, celebrate Christmas as the world dictate, dictates that Christmas is, right? And they go about every year doing Christmas. Maybe they will acknowledge that there's a manger and that Jesus is part of it. But everything else the world says Christmas is about is involved also. I mean everything else. Whatever it is they want it to be is what it is. And then there's other people who take Christmas time as every other holiday on the calendar as a time to go out and have a party and do crazy stuff, right? Anytime there's a, a, a calendar uh, that says such and such holiday, there's some people in the world that say, oh, it's time to have a party. doesn't matter what the holiday is. And sometimes people understand Christmas as that time. It's a time where we get together and act wild. Then there's other, other, other people that they are faithful to their religion, whatever their religion is, and that religion, whatever that religion is, doesn't celebrate Christmas. They don't believe that Jesus is the Christ. They don't even acknowledge him as God. So they're true to their religion, so they don't even celebrate Christmas. Right? In the Jewish community, they, don't, they celebrate Hanukkah. Now, some Jewish people will celebrate Christmas because that's what America does, right? But you got Jehovah's Witnesses. They don't celebrate Christmas. They don't even acknowledge it. They don't even teach their kids about it. At least they don't teach their kids to celebrate it because they don't believe the way we do. They don't believe that w what, what the Christian believes about Christmas. So you got this whole world full of people who look at Christmas differently, Right? And they have a different understanding or a different approach to what it is and how we celebrate it, or even if we celebrate it at all. And then finally, there's the fourth, which is uh, those who are called Christian, who celebrate the birth of a Savior and they worship Him. Right? That's us, hopefully. That's everybody in this room, I hope. And if it's not, we can talk afterwards, and I'll help you understand a little bit and give you an opportunity to know some more about that. So the question is, how much of this gets mixed up in the lives of everybody. Not just the Christians, but in the entire world. Can we have both? Can we have some of what the world celebrates and what it really is about? You, you can't. Sometimes it's okay to live in the world and participate in what's going on in the world because it's not sinful, right? But there's other times when it doesn't honor God or it takes away from who God is or what's going on, and then it's probably not the best thing. And sometimes can be sinful, can it? So we have to look and, and understand if we're going to be Christians, if we're going to say we're Christians, if we have the Spirit of God living in us and we are genuinely uh, following Him and living our lives according to that commitment, then Christmas has to be whatever it is it's intended to be. Wouldn't you all agree? All right, you all been off a week, so I'm going to give you about half of the sermon to catch up with the amens, right? I'm going to give you a dramatic pause. You can have, you can, you, you'll know when I give you one of those. So I picked out two particular scriptures here that we're going to go over these again next week because we're going to talk about something else that has to do with the stories that come around these particular part of scripture. But these are taken out of the accounts of 
the birth of Jesus, right? So we're going to look at these two particular things here. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, uh, this is where uh, it's quoting Isaiah chapter 7. It says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us, right? So, and then you look at chapter 2 and verse 14 of Luke, and it says, uh, Glory to God in the highest heaven, uh, uh, highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. So we have uh, the, this feeling that people get around Christmas time. Sometimes it happens when uh, the snow starts falling, such as we had this last week. And there were many people around the community saying, oh, now it's Christmas. There's snow everywhere. It looks awesome. And it did look good from the window where the heat was running, <laughs> my opinion, right? And it does create an atmosphere. That's why we decorate our Christmas trees in our homes and the church and wherever. You're creating an atmosphere. You're celebrating. You're getting yourselves in the place where you can celebrate. The question is celebrating what? Right? For the Christian, as we just pointed out, is celebrating the birth of the one who came to be the sacrifice for our offenses against a holy God. Right? It's, and and it's, it has to be understood that way because it can't just be that we're celebrating the birth of the baby Jesus. That's too surface level of an understanding of that. We're celebrating the birth of a, a little baby in the flesh who became the sacrifice for sin, which separated us from a holy God. And it was absolutely necessary so that we can be reconciled to him. So we're not just celebrating the birth of this baby named Jesus, who was called Emmanuel, which means God with us, right? God with us. We're celebrating the fact that we're forgiven and that God had a plan to make things right. Isn't that awesome? I mean, it doesn't matter. At that point, it doesn't matter if you live in the Bahamas where it doesn't snow or if you live in the northern part of this world, the most northern part where you, like nobody lives, Christmas is still Christmas as far as what it means. Now, you're going to notice I'm probably going to get off of my notes, so just hang with me, because I've planned this several different ways, right? So we'll see what happens on this particular one. John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, it says, I will ask the Father, this is when uh, Jesus was teaching his disciples, and he's preparing them for what? For what he came here for. So that when he went to the cross and left the world, that they wouldn't get all panicky and thinking that, their king has left them because they still don't understand the plan of God, do they? So he's telling them, don't worry about this. I'm going to send you somebody. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Uh, some some uh, translations say another counselor, right? And it says, he'll help you and be with you uh, forever. The, uh, the spirit of truth it is. It says, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Take a minute and absorb what that just said. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be with you. So we go back to our list of the four different types of understanding. There are those who truly celebrate the birth of Jesus for the sacrifice of, for our sins, right? The, the Christians who understand that, 
And Christmas is all about that, even though there's a little bit of other things that come with it, which is fine, as long as it's centered around that. Because we know Him, we see Him because He lives in us. Right? They're like, why, why, aren't they, why isn't He talking? That's a dramatic pause, remember? <laughs> That's for y'all to say, amen, thank you. <laughs> We're getting back together. I know, a week off, it gets you rusty. <laughs> but it says right before that, it says, the world cannot accept Him. Talking about the Holy Spirit. Talking about the presence of God. Right? The presence of God. Not in heaven. Not anywhere else. Not just in our hearts. The presence of God all around. So now, the presence of God is a holy thing, isn't it? The presence of God is a precious thing, a powerful thing. So it doesn't matter if you believe that Jesus is the Christ or not. It doesn't matter if you worship some other God or, or you, 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 you live by some other religion. It doesn't change who God is, does it? It doesn't change the fact that His presence is here. It doesn't change anything about the truth, does it? So then, you want, then you start, it starts to become clear, why is it that everybody's talking about this spirit of Christmas all the time, whether they're believers or not? Just because they don't know what it is doesn't mean they don't feel it. Doesn't mean it doesn't affect them. And sadly, there's a lot of people who are Christians, genuinely love God, and doing the best they can do to submit to his uh, plan for salvation. And they feel his presence, sometimes we, and we miss it. We miss what it is. We don't recognize. Right? And we too start talking about the Christmas spirit or the spirit of Christmas, which is okay to call it that. Because it's the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Isn't it great that at this time of the year, much of the world begins to or feel or see or experience the presence of God? Because that's what it is. The sad part is, most of those people, after Christmas is over, they no longer recognize it or feel it or, or see that he's there. Does it change the fact that he's there? He's there all the time. He's there all year round. The Christian, the believer, we, we're celebrating Christmas and Easter all the time. Yeah? That's who we are. And we are anybody because of that. Make sense? Because if without salvation, we're, we're hopeless. And we all might as well just live like pirates and do whatever we want to do, regardless of anybody else. Because there's nothing else, there's nothing else that's greater than what we can experience here without Christ. So we might as well live it up while we can, because once we leave here, it's all over. And that's a bad place to be, isn't it? But praise God, we have Christ that came in the in the form of this baby in the flesh, human being, perfect human being to be the sacrifice that's called for, because we have rebelled against God. Right, we talked about it in Sunday school that we have to look at that part of it. You have got to look at the ugly part of it. Otherwise, it doesn't become real in our hearts. Because the ugly part is I've sinned against God. The ugly part is I chose to do something different than what God had for me to do, what God wanted for me to do. I chose something else over God. That's what sin is. We've all done that. So when we, when we come around our Christmas trees and we come into our church and we sing Christmas songs, which uh, we, we did today and we're going to do again next week, 
And when we go into the world and we uh, say Merry Christmas to people, what we're saying is the presence of God is here and be blessed by that. Hopefully we're saying it by living like we're blessed by that first. Right? There's one thing to say Merry Christmas. You ever, you ever seen anybody walking around in the public and you're like shopping somewhere and, and you say Merry Christmas and I like, yeah, Merry Christmas. A lot of times, you know, you go to work and you go places you normally go and everybody says, hey, how you doing? But nobody really wants to know how you're doing. It's just what we say, right? I don't mean nobody, but most people. They don't really, it's just what you say. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Nobody stops and see really how we're doing. Every now and then somebody will because they want to know. But it's just a form of communication. We're saying hi. Is Merry Christmas like that? When we say Merry Christmas to people, do we mean, I hope you know that this is the presence of God that you're experiencing right now? I want you to know that the, what you're feeling, the spirit of Christmas, I want you to know that that's God. That's his spirit who's available to you. And, and we say it in a way that we know that we're experiencing his presence in a special way. Right? We know that we're the ones who are forgiven because we put our faith in Christ as the Savior. And that's the only reason we're forgiven. Not by anything we've done. You ever notice... Uh, does it ever come to your mind that uh, when you get to the nativity story, right, the story of Jesus' birth, was there great crowds of people around that moment? There's just a few people there, wasn't it? There were just a few people in the entire world that would acknowledge the presence of God in the world in that moment. Now, I get upset when people try to say that we can't, Christmas isn't about Jesus and his lordship and his birth. I, I, it bothers me. But if the entire world, but every, let's say the entire world, except for everybody in this room, decided they weren't going to believe what's true anymore, and they get mad at us for believing that it is true, does it change anything about the truth? Right? So later on, when the wise men came and gave their gifts, because this baby, the Lord, God, shows up in the world, it was just a few of them, wasn't it? It wasn't like a crowd of people coming. So whether there's a bunch of people in your society, in your world, that acknowledge that Jesus is the Christ and believe like you do and celebrate like you do, whether that's true or not shouldn't change your experience. Because God doesn't change. Every year since the birth of Christ, it's been the same. He is Lord. And he, the necessity was that he came in the flesh to be the sacrifice. Because it's the only way out for me and you. The only way out. That's how serious it is, right? We can have a lot of fun at Christmas time. Lots of fun. And you should. It's a celebration. Because our God is awesome. And he loves us so much to put his son through all of that. And if we don't teach that to our children at Christmas time, we're failing. Right? If they grow up and they never understand that the feeling that they're experiencing is the presence of God, then we fail. We fail. 
John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. It says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God on earth. Right? Notice, there's too many, there's too many times. I'll watch my time here. There's too many times here, right? There's, there's too many times that, that Christmas and Easter and everything in between comes and goes and life goes on. And we're like, well, Christmas is already here again. It's almost Easter. Because I, I can promise you, right after the January the 1st, we're going to start thinking about spring and Easter. Can't wait for it to warm up again. And then when, when it comes, we're all like, man, that was quick. And we're, we're living so fast. And the presence of God is right there. And we're like not experiencing. We're not even taking him in fully. Because the world has us on this treadmill that just keeps going. And sometimes we don't know how to get off of it. Right? And it's the Christian. It's the believers that are supposed to go into the world. We are the kingdom of God. We are the body of Christ. We are the ones that bring his presence into the world. When you and I go into any Christmas celebration or any person's life, they should experience God in some way. Not because you're special, but because God's God. Isn't that cool? Because I'm a truck driver. That's what I am. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to let you know, I was probably the best truck driver in the Midwest. <laughs> I, I enjoyed being a truck driver. And I made it a point to be the best truck driver there was in the world, no matter what anybody else said. But look where I'm at now. It's all because somebody continued to bring the presence of God into my life. It doesn't mean that you're all going to be preachers. It doesn't mean that you're all going to be anything other than what you're already doing. But it does mean that the presence of God is going to affect your life in a way that's going to change the lives of others. And that's what being the body of Christ is. That's what the kingdom of God is all about, right? Because when it's all over, when Jesus does come back, right? When it's all over, it's going to be a constant celebration of Jesus and his lordship. Read Revelation. We're going to do a study on Revelation in the near future, trust me. We're going to go through it detailed because I want you all to understand that. It's awesome. We have a God who is the God the greatest thing in existence. As a matter of fact, he created existence. Can't get any better than him. And it's, it, what's even better is he loves you. He loves you so much that he took the pain and torture that we deserve. So that we can sit around our Christmas and give each other gifts and love each other and eat pies and cakes and get fat. Right? We, we should have so much joy and we should be looking for every opportunity throughout Christmas to point out to other people this is the presence of God. Anytime somebody who you know is not saved and they start talking about things like Christmas is such a special time or this Christmas spirit is so awesome, I love Christmas. Or sometimes people say, I just haven't felt the Christmas spirit yet. That's a perfect opportunity for conversation. Or just to love them in certain ways that you normally wouldn't. Just hug them on the shoulder and say, it's going to be great. God's awesome. Isn't that cool? 
This is our God. Peace on earth. That's what Christmas is about. That's the spirit. So what is the Christmas, uh, the spirit of Christmas? These are the questions we started off with. Is it the same for everybody? Yes and no. Right? It's the same God for everybody, and it affects us all differently. So yes and no. Can it be different for each individual? Same answer. But it has to be the same. There's only one Christ. Not, there's, no, there's a lot of times people try to make up a Jesus. They read the Bible and they make Jesus whoever they want him to be. And they say that they're Christians and they're saved. And if it's not this Jesus, they're not saved. It can't be. There's only one God. There's only one Christ. There's only one baby in the manger. There's only one man that went to the cross. There's only one salvation. There's only one way. And it's hard to submit to that because that means you have to let go of stuff. It means you have to change. Hello? Change. Change. I'm a truck driver, y'all. I haven't been in the truck for over 10 years. I'm standing up here. I got fat sitting in a chair at a desk getting fed by the church. It's all y'all's fault. (laughs) Y'all understand what I'm saying? God will do what he wants with you if you give him yourself. You surrender yourself to him. And let me tell you something. I would never want to take it back. As much as I loved who I was as a truck driver and everything else I was doing, sinful or not, I would never trade what God has done in my life. As long as he's being glorified, that's what I want. And that's what we all should want. So how can we glorify God this Christmas? By acknowledging his presence, by acknowledging his Holy Spirit. And by the way, all them other days of the year, it's the same spirit, same amount of his presence, same blessing. So we shouldn't change, right? Matter of fact, leave your Christmas tree up all year, I challenge you. Just leave it up all year. And don't, not because you're lazy, but because you're celebrating Jesus' birth. All, all right? It's not a mystery. It's not a mystery. It's all right here, y'all. It's a mystery to those who are not looking for God or refusing to look or because they're just like we are guilty. It's hard to submit. If you're not saved, it's hard to say, I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner, I'm guilty. It's hard. Right? It means you have to stand up and say, I'm wrong. I believe, I'm working on a theory, and I'm tying it up. Y'all are looking at me like, what? I know y'all ain't going to work because we're eating here, so just, we'll be all right. <laughs> I believe that every sin that we commit is tied to the original sin of pride. That's what I believe. Satan is the father of lies, and he will tell you the same lie millions and millions of ways, and you'll believe it almost every time if you're not close to God. Yeah? And even when you're close to God, it's hard to discern if you're not paying attention. Because when we sin, we're saying, I want what I want over what God wants. And that makes me God instead of God. Could be the difference between a Merry Christmas and a sad Christmas. So the presence of the Holy Spirit is the Christmas spirit. Right? Many people don't notice, but they are experiencing God. There's people every year go through Christmas and they've got joy overflowing in their heart, but they're not saved and they don't know God. And they couldn't tell you that it's God because they're not re- they don't recognize, they don't spend time with Him. Matthew chapter 2 says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with, with Mary and they bowed down and worshipped Him. They, then they opened their treasures and presented Him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. Why? Because it's God. God in the presence. Everything stopped and let's worship Him. 
But here it is. That's last week's. Here it is. All Christians should have awareness of the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Peanuts cartoon. Right? Cartoons are supposed to be funny. My opinion. Cartoons. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they make a point. There's a comic strip that said Lucy was saying to uh, Charlie Brown, uh, she was saying that the Christmas Christmas is a time for kindness and a time for to forgive one another. Charlie Brown says, well, why don't we just do that all the time? Right? You can see Charlie Brown saying, well, why don't we do that all the time? Isn't that a great thing to do? Why can't we have Christmas spirit all the rest of the years? What he said. And Lucy looks at Charlie Brown and says, what are you, some kind of religious fanatic? What if, what, if, what, if we, what if all of us, all of the Christians in the world, what if we just constantly walked around saying Merry Christmas all year long, every, every day, all the time, hugging people, giving them gifts. Every night before we go to bed, we put cookies and milk you know, out like we do. And then we get up in the morning and we got gifts every morning. Y'all like that part, don't you? The ones that are paying for the gift are like, no, we're not doing that every day. <laughs> right? Are we experiencing Christmas every day? That's all I want to ask this morning. Every day are we experiencing Christmas, somehow, some way, right? Especially in the darkest time, especially when everything is bad, when life hits us in a way that we didn't expect, especially when things don't go as we planned, right? Especially when it's hard to praise God because you're in such a dark place it's hard to see him. Even though everything in your mind and in your heart tells you that he's there, because that's we're Christians, and it says it in the Bible, and that's what we're supposed to believe. So we just keep trying to believe that, right? But if we get in the habit of living with Him in His presence every day of our lives, the peace of God and the strength that comes with that is there, no matter what happens. And we can celebrate Christmas in our darkest moments. This is why Paul was singing hymns in jail. He's arrested. They were going to probably kill him, and he's he just kicked back singing hymns, having praise music going on. Like, somebody shut that Paul up. I can see it happening now. He frustrated a fool out of people because they couldn't see the presence of God, so much so that they put him on the cross. God himself was in there right in front of him saying, I am the Christ. I am the one that you are waiting for, the one that God promised, your father promised. And they said, no, you're not. And stop saying you are because you're making us mad. In fact, we're going to kill you because you keep saying it. You won't shut up. Now, here's the hard part to wrap our minds around. All of that was God's plan. The rejection of Christ as Lord was God, had to be God's plan. Otherwise, we're not saved. Isn't that hard to wrap your, get your mind wrapped around? This is why God is God. Right? Because if if, even if we had a committee, a salvation committee, and we tried to put it together where we could be saved, we would never find a way. But here we are, little bitty baby. I wish that the baby was crying a while ago this morning. I think that's awesome. A lot of times people are like, that baby shouldn't be crying while we're trying to have. No, let that baby cry. Let that baby cry. That's what the baby feels like though. Because it reminds me, especially in church, that Jesus, this little baby, who I'm sure cried like babies do, one day got nails in his hands. One day, ask God, the Father, is there another way? 
in this way. That tells me he's a human being at the time, right? Because even Jesus, he's sweating blood asking God, is there some other way than besides me going through this? It's not that he didn't want to do it. It was just, if there's another way, let's do it that way. Because this is tough. This is going to be hard. And when God said, there ain't no other way, he said, well, then let's do it. That's a dramatic pause right there. There's no other way. Jesus said, okay, let's do this. And when I say that, he means let's save those people from themselves and their sin. Isn't that awesome? Christmas is about God loving us. This little, this, this little baby in the middle of this barn full of what's in a barn. You want to know what's in a barn? Ask Will. He's in it every day. It's not always pleasant, is it, Will? That's where our Lord was born. That's God. I hope that you can receive that God. Because he's your God. I hope that you live in his presence every day. If you don't know him the way we do and the way some of us do, if you're not living in his presence and you need to know about that, come and talk to me. If you already know about it, then you already know that all it takes is to believe that Jesus is a Christ. Right? And we learned that if you believe that, then you should repent. I'm not going to live away from God anymore. That's all repentance is. I'm not going to be like this. I'm going to be like that. Repent for the forgiveness of your sins. Every time I say for the forgiveness of your sins, you should say praise God. So that you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that his presence can be in your heart. So that Emmanuel can be in you. So that you can go out into the world and preach the gospel. So that other people can know that Jesus is the Christ. And other people can do the same. And we keep going until Jesus comes back. And then we all hear the words, what? Well done, good and faithful servant. That's the church. That's what Jesus died for. That's what he was born for. You want to sing? You want me to keep going?